future it could possibly lead to the end of recycling as we know it. Uh, the United States has been exporting most of its recyclables uh, because that was the cheaper solution. And uh, uh, recently, late last year, China has decided to reject a lot of the recyclables that we have been sending that way over. Uh, so between 19... We are good to go. We are back. Um, Gosh, you missed some really good stuff while <laughs> we're away just now. Uh, I'm Ken Cooper uh, in on Lacrosse Talk PM today. It's WIZM News Talk 1410 AM and 92.3 FM. Um, everything's all right. Everything's all right, Rick. We are good to go. Not my fault. Okay, nope. it was my fault. That's that's okay. No no worries about it. But uh, I would. Uh, we should get on uh, with uh, Matt Harder as soon as we can. I'd like to talk about uh, recycling, the evolution of recycling. There have been so many changes, um, and he is the one to know what is going on in the recycling business. Uh, some of the things that I've come to learn is that uh, as you know, people, citizens, we're not very necessarily as good as we think we are at recycling. And also the uh, the whole business model of recycling seems to be changing. There have been changes um, in our relationship with China and recycling and things like that. So it is definitely one of those things that has been in the news and uh, should be in the news. And uh, Matt, are you there? I'm here. Ah, Thank you, Matt. Matt Harder from Harder's Quick Cleanup. Uh, we had a few technical uh, glitches, but we decided to get them all cleared up before we talked with you. All right, all right. That's what I like to hear. So, uh, we've been—I've been hearing a lot about recycling lately. That there's been—I don't know if it's just a continued evolution or if there are major changes on the way with the way we recycle. How would you describe it? Uh, I would say it's a continued evolution and. Uh, and, and the largest impact and driver of these changes is uh, uh, the economy over in China. So they, China has historically been the largest importer of recycled commodities uh, that are exported from the United States. And they made a, a drastic change in 2018 and, and steeply uh, declined the amount that they imported. They they up the standards on a lot of stuff in a very quick way and a very large way. Um, so, so what that's done is that that's put a, a glut and a surplus on the market, uh, not just uh, domestically here in the U.S. but globally. And uh, and there's a lot of infrastructure that's developing and starting to take place. Uh, Southeast Asia, uh, there are a lot of new uh, and paper mills are, are generally paper is the the commodity that's being affected mostly by this, and that's the largest uh, uh, share of, uh, of of the stream in uh, single stream recycling. It's about forty percent. So, um, so that affects uh, you know the out, outgoing markets. One thing we are fortunate to have here in the Midwest in our region is we've got a lot of paper mills over in the Green Bay area, the the Paper Valley. Uh, sometimes we refer to it as the Fox Valley area. So, so that helps us. There are other states that are struggling even more, and uh, they, you know, the transportation to get it to a mill um, is it, just not there. The economics and justification of it, and, and unfortunately, some states are landfilling materials uh, mm-hmm. down the south. I understand um, Madison is actually Madison has actually um, changed some of what it accepts, um, some of the plastics that, that they that they accept because of the situation with China. They have. I mean, some of them, there's just, there's not, markets have declined. Some of them have closed up. 
Um, and so, yeah, there's a, there are a number of communities that are making changes. Some some recycling programs are just all out shutting down altogether because either uh, facilities have closed uh, where the facility the material was once processed. Um, uh, some rates are, are um, climbing uh, extremely, I mean, the tune of several hundred percent. Uh, one company I talked to recently said 600 percent, and, wow. uh, and and I get updates from our trade association uh, uh, in recent changes that are every week there's a whole new uh, stack of them at the bottom of the list, that uh, changes that are being made, contracts that are being renegotiated um, because of force majeure. So, uh, fortunately, in our region, we're we're doing a lot better than most others. We're able to continue, uh, you know, doing what we've done in the past, taking that material, processing, and having very low residual rates. So we recover a you know a very large percentage of what goes into the recycling stream. Uh, we you know we we started out about 97 percent. We've taken in some additional material in our our local regional facility here from outside of the area that that's had an impact on that. A lot of it from unmanned rural drop sites in some cases, um, which has a higher amount of trash. But for the most part, um, we're able to recover uh, you know the vast majority, close to 97 percent of what we uh, we collect here in La Crosse County and uh, surrounding areas, which is phenomenal and better than. Uh, a lot of other areas are able to do so. Well, good for um, us. So, <laughs> it's nice to know we're doing something well. Hey, man, it's Rick. Uh, are you a fan of Seinfeld? The show Seinfeld? Say that. Yep, yep. Oh, do you remember the episode where Kramer and Newman take all the bottles to, like, uh, you know, the, the <laughs> next state over to get the 10 cent? Would you be mad if people started doing that, if they started trucking their bottles to Michigan to get the 10 cents? Yeah, I think you started doing that on a mass scale. You'd probably get yourself in trouble. Is probably the first thing I'd, I'd have to say. I mean, those uh, those rebates are are intended for bottles that were purchased in the state, and they they charge you know when those bottles are sold uh, um, a deposit that can be uh, given back once the the bottles are returned. So I don't know if you got a scheme going on. Count me out of that one. I, I, what about, I prefer what, not to get myself in any trouble. What about Wisconsin doing something like that? Would that help, you know, alleviate a recycling problem or, or you know, like benefit? Would there be benefits to that? Well, there certainly is a greater amount of participation. Um, you know, I was just outside of the region, uh, um, you know, traveling with my family and, uh, and noticed a, a garbage can that, uh, you know, was full of aluminum cans, plastic bottles, and it always kills me to see that. Um, especially outside of our region where I know that that material goes to a landfill. Here in La Crosse County, mm-hmm. we have a, a waste-to-energy facility uh, operated by Excel Energy where, where our municipal solid waste goes to and it's processed. And so even if some of that stuff is, is misplaced and not put in the recycling bin but the garbage, they also have um, equipment over there to recover even aluminum cans, tin cans, and then the combustibles mm-hmm. and plastic paper. Uh, will be uh, uh, incinerated and turned into energy. So, so that fortunately, uh, you know, it generally does not end up in the landfill in our region, even put in the trash. But, but certainly, if, if there is a deposit, a buyback, um, there's a, a greater financial reward for people to recycle those items and take them back to the buyback center. So, so those states that have that, there is certainly a, a much greater participation of those bottles, cans, and bottles being. Recycled and brought back uh, for the redemption because there's a I mean it's a good chunk of money you I mean to, you get ten cents you know yeah. you you got ten of them there's, there's I, a dollar I do, in your pocket I do you think got I, a couple yeah. bucks so 
Um, so it's it's not insignificant. And and yes, there's there's also systems that and, and just to the west of Minnesota, there's a number of communities where it's pay as you throw. So they buy, purchase uh, um, trash bags, and you know it costs I you know a couple few bucks for a bag, and then the, so the less you throw away, the the less you pay. Um, that certainly drives down. Um, you know, the amount of trash that's generated increases recycling rates. There's, there's also, you know, obviously the amount of inconvenience that comes with that where you've got to, you know, have a bag or the, you know, local trash collection, uh, you know, won't pick it up or, uh, some, you know, purchasing a bin. So, yeah. um, so th- those are, uh, you know, those are options that are out there. Uh, I would say, you know, right now what we have, if people focus on, you know, knowing what can go in the recycling bin and putting it in there and, and, and try to get away from the, the wish cycling is a term we refer to on our yeah, industry. That's, where that's what I was going to ask think, you well, about. I'll just, I'll just throw it in the recycling bin and then hopefully it's recycled. Well, it actually has a negative impact on the recycling uh, system because then it bogs down the, sure. the recycling line because you have this additional trash in there. It's very expensive for that stuff to make a lap through the recycling processing plant, and then ultimately it has to be compacted, loaded on a truck, and hauled to where it should have gone in the first place, the waste energy facility. So it's more expensive to run that material through the recycling plant than it is to go to either of the disposal facilities. On the flip side, there's generally there's value that's generated then, and, uh, um, and you know, the, the value helps offset that cost to run it through the processing plant. But, but nonetheless, if trash goes through that plant, um, it, it's a very expensive lap to to make through there to end up where it should have gone in the first place anyway. So so know what's on that list. Don't put things that are not on the list in your recycling bin. Uh, you can find that on our website or your community website. Uh, if, no. you're, if you're not sure, please call our office and ask. We're always open for tours. We we take walk-in tours during normal business hours, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Here's what's uh, happening. By appointment, Matt. we take hey, groups, Matt. individuals. Hey, Matt. Uh, we're always happy to let people in to understand how the system works. Here's, here's what's happening. Last week I had the mayor on, right? So my first show, so I could just talk and let the mayor go. Matt's a former mayor, right? Like, so he's, he's used to just, like, filibustering, I think. Well, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, Matt, I was on your website a little earlier today, and I realized I am not as good a recycler as I thought I was. Um, I'm not so bad, but it makes, it, it makes me wonder. Um, is the single stream the easy recycling that we do? Is that... I've heard stories that that might be going away completely, not just here, but um, overall. Uh, the short answer to that is I would say no. So, I, you know, again, in other areas that are really struggling, um, you know, where they, they don't have the convenience of a local, um, you know, regional processor like we've got here right in La Crosse. We've got our own local material recovery facility, uh, other facilities that have to transport at a great distance to get to one. Um, or just don't have the options, you know. We've uh, we've invested in the infrastructure here, so um, so I, I do not see that going away anytime soon at all here in our region. Um, some areas, and, and generally, it's the cost and availability factor that's causing that to go down. But I, I would say the opposite that more communities are looking towards single stream. I was just on the uh, the phone with the you know community in the region that, that is you know working on trying to convert from uh, the dual stream where. Uh, just the, the fibers, paper, and cardboard, and then the rigid containers. Um, because the participation goes up and the recovery, uh, you know, the amount recycled goes up. So um, recycling rates go up because it's easier, it's more convenient, 
Um, and people can just put it in a bin. So, so I really don't see it see it going the other direction. And, and yes, there's a cost to it. There's there's modifications that we need to make. We're we're certainly in it for the long haul. You know, as a company, we're continuing to upgrade our plant and uh, you know taking steps to to be able to um, continue with that process and uh, you know ensure the viability of the plant. So, um, so I, my short answer to that would be no. As although, as I said, there are some regions and some specific communities that are struggling um i I think recycling is here to stay consumers demand it and uh you know it's better than the alternative absolutely absolutely man i have some examples and you can just you you provide me with the answers after that plastic bags you don't want those in the thing at all we do not want those at all so again here in the cross county Waste to energy, best place for them. Or if they're they're clean, when they get put in single stream, they get contaminated. They get glass crushed on them. Aluminum cans might, you know, compress and squeeze and get stuck to them or other stuff right. gets inside them. So, so no one wants them once they go into single stream. You can take them to a local supermarket yep. if they collect uh, film. And, and then there is a market for them because it's clean and doesn't take as much to process them. But short answer, do not put those in your single stream recycling, any plastic film or plastic bags. Okay, so what about um, plastic bottles? I've heard take the caps off, throw the caps away, leave the caps on, but definitely don't take the caps off and throw them in the recycling. What What is the answer to the caps on bottles, even glass bottle caps, too, that aren't even made of glass, right? They're, they're either aluminum or, or, or metal. Correct. Very good question. So, so I would say you're right. Do not take them for plastic bottles. Do not take them off of the the bottles and throw them in the recycling because that then that's going to end up with a glass. So, um, the way the glass is screened is it's impacted and then you know it breaks and it falls through a two inch screen. So anything smaller than two inches by two inches is going to end up with a glass. For steel bottle caps, like a beer bottle cap or a, a glass jar lid that's going to fall through that's steel, or even aluminum because there's a there's means to remove that as well. If it's not metal and it's not uh, not metal or glass and it's smaller than two by two, don't even put it in your recycling uh, bin because it's going to end up with a glass and then it's going to end up in a landfill down the line somewhere. Wow. Um, but but metal bottle caps, you know, they're fine, you know, because we have magnets that will pull them out of the glass. Even aluminum, they'll get pulled out by an eddy current, um, which is a, a type of magnet that spins very fast at about 3,000 RPMs. You can't pick up aluminum with a magnet, but you can throw it. So we uh, we run it over a rotor <laughs> and it throws the aluminum into a separate That's cool, what about what about really dirty um, tin cans? Like I've got dog food tin cans, right? When the dog food is emptied and it's still like nasty. What are we doing? You can recycle that. We can recycle that as long as you you know scrape the majority of it out and there's not more than a residual amount. Um, then then we can recycle it. And the magnet will pick that up, and all that's going to go to a steel foundry where it's going to be turned into molten steel. So all that will combust. Uh, any any organics in there will burn off. Whether it's a little bit of food on the bottom and um, paper labels. Or you could just get a spatula and clean the can oh, out. I, just give the can, the I give the can to my dog and she licks it clean, but there's always some scum on the bottom that you can't, her tongue can't get. Yeah, there's no problem with that. That, <laughs> that can be uh, recycled. Um, so throw it in there, definitely. I guess to finish the question on your plastic bottles, it's a horse apiece whether you leave them on the plastic bottles or not. Um, they they will get recycled if they stay on there. The only thing is if they fall off, then they're not okay. going to get, before okay. they make it to the plastic processing plant, yeah. then they won't get recycled. 
Well, Matt, uh, appreciate the time, and I think we need to remind uh, Rick that Seinfeld is not a documentary. It's it's fake, you know, <laughs> it's fake. But uh, I guess the, the the big gist, and I learned this earlier today, check your website and be reminded about, cause it, about what is available to recycle because those things do change and they have changed, and it's good to know that uh, uh, the recycling as we know it around here shouldn't uh, change too much. Uh, in the near future. Matt Harder, I do appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, Matt Harder, Harder's Quick Cleanup, um, and uh, also Harder's Green Circle Recycling. And I think uh, I like the system that we have around here, and I do know that I need to do uh, a little bit better job with my recycling. And you need to – how about taking the food out of the can for your dog? Um, I mean, I try to get it in there, but, like, I don't use the whole can. I'll give her, like, half, and then I'll put it in the fridge, and I'll give her the other half. But that stuff that's on the top in the fridge for a day, it gets, you know, crusty. All right. We're going to change the subject in a few minutes. We're going to take a break here, right, yeah. uh, Rick? Okay. Yeah. When we come back. we got to catch up a little bit on Yeah. That. We're going to talk with Keith Carr, and we're going to argue about the Academy Awards and movies and things like that. Stay with us. This is Lacrosse Talk PM on WIZM, News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. This would be mon- uh, monkey music. Uh, I almost said on Classic Hits 94.7, uh, which is where I normally would be. Uh, but today it's on WIZM News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. I'm Ken Cooper, along with Rick in the studio today. Uh, the reason for the monkey music is the passing today of Peter Tork, the bass player from the Monkees. Uh, one of the, I think coming into the TV show in 1966, he was one of only two of the four that was an actual musician and an experienced musician. Um, and he was very surprised when they were producing the first album for the Monkees. He was surprised, Peter Tork was, when he went into the studio so that he could help record. You know, he brought his bass and they said, what are you doing here? We don't need you. The TV show, you're done with the TV show for the year. We're, we're working on an album. It was all uh, session musicians and he did not like that and so he decided... We're going to learn to play, and they're going to put us on these albums. So, Peter Tork, passing away today at the age of 77. Our, our thoughts and prayers with his family and with his friends, uh, with the remaining members of the Monkees as well. So, always sad to see uh, some of those people that have brought us such great memories uh, as they pass. Uh, right now, let's change the subject a little bit and talk about, um, this is uh, maybe a little indulgent, but it sure is a passion. Let's talk movies and the Academy Awards. Uh, I've got um, kind of my compatriot in movies, uh, Keith Carr, on the line with us uh, this afternoon, interrupting laundry. I do appreciate you interrupting your laundry schedule for us, Keith. What is it? Oh, well, it's the white cycle. Oh, good. good. Okay. So it's a little bit longer. We've got a, we've got a little bit of time here. To back up, who was your favorite monkey? Um, you know, I think Peter, or, yeah, Peter Tork was pretty cool. Yeah. He, he kind of played the goofiest one, and I don't want to say the, I don't want to say unintelligent. He was really. the He's quiet kind of, monkey. Yeah, and he was, they, he was considered kind of the, as far as um, personalities, he was kind of considered the Ringo of the monkeys. Right. So who was the quiet beetle? That would be George. George, right? Yeah. That would be George. Okay. All right. Oh, Hi, Rick. Nice to be on the air with you guys. How many minutes do we have? Um, well, as long as we can keep it interesting, I guess. I do have another guest lined up ready to come in just in case you so, really suck so, things tonight. Uh, so we, we got 40 seconds. Okay. 
So the Academy Awards are coming up this weekend, Sunday night. Um, where do we want to start? How about actress in a leading role? There is uh, there are some really good ones. Glenn Close for The Wife. Uh, Olivia Coleman in The Favorite, which I did not know that was going to be a movie that would end up garnering so much Oscar buzz. I thought it was just a, a, a you know, kind of a, an escapist comedy. Have you seen The Favorite? I have not. Uh, have you seen A Star is Born? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, are, are you asking for opinion? Who... Who do you want to win versus who do you think's going to win? Well, I think. Well, how about both? Uh, well, let's not forget. Uh, I think it's pronounced Yelitsa Aparicio from Roma. She was absolutely done. She, <laughs> she was uh, phenomenal. First time ever acting in anything, and Roma is the the movie. Um, Alphonse Cuarón's kind of his love story to his uh, childhood in Mexico, and it's out on Netflix. So you haven't seen it. It's it's apparently the the first movie ever up for a major Academy Award to earn zero dollars at the uh, box office. <laughs> well, let's hope luck changes Sunday night. So who's going to uh, win Best Actress in a Leading question, Role? Best Actress, both. Who do you think's going to win? Who do you want to win? Glenn Close and the wife. Really? Oh. Have you seen it? Uh, I have not seen that one either, but I, I forgot to mention Lady Gaga is also there. But, boy, I don't know if... Um, for for two people that aren't actors, Lady Gaga and Yelitsa, uh, both just amazing performances from both of them. Wait a minute. Lady Gaga doesn't act in, like, a suit of beef? Well, she uh, this kind of serious acting, and it's just it's, it was nice oh. to see her in normal clothes and, and everything. So you're saying I'm full of it? Well, yeah. Okay. You're well, not surprised. Do we hear that routinely, <laughs> I was like say, by the hour. It's ever. not that you haven't heard that before. Uh, uh, right. So actors right. in a leading role, we've got Christian Bale in Vice, Bradley Cooper in A Star Is Born, William Dafoe at Eternity's Gate. Remy Malik in Bohemian Rhapsody, Viggo Mortensen in Green Book. Um, I didn't think Green Book was as good a movie as everybody said. I really enjoyed it, but it it didn't have that oomph kind of an impact that I was expecting it to have. What's your problem? I I, I just have taste, I guess, Keith, and I, I'm discerning. <laughs> to answer your question, uh, the answer is. Malik. Really? Malik. Malik. Wow. I, um, man, oh, man. I'm going, I, as much as I love Bohemian Rhapsody, I'm going with Bradley Cooper, Star is Born. Wait a minute. Are we getting that? You're saving Best Picture for the end of this? Yeah. yeah. And by the way, I've moved up the end of this uh, much closer to the beginning than it was originally, so. <laughs> uh, okay. Because he was he was awesome. Well, yeah. And and there are many examples of excellent actors being able to reproduce musical acts like Van Morrison, uh, Van Morrison, sorry, Jim Morrison, uh, and, and reproduced and so forth. So if 
If you can get past that, good for you, because I cannot. <laughs> okay. Well, he's not competing against all of those other roles. He's competing against uh, Vigo and Remy and Willem and Christian, although Christian Bale always seems like such a shoe-in. And, and Bradley Cooper apparently learned how to do A Star is Born. And that's awesome in itself. He doesn't consider himself a, a singer or musician. And pretty stinking good. Plus the director. And we agree on one particular shot in a scene that is awesome. Oh, yeah. Yes. And we don't want to give it away. Nope. Um, but it is, it's one of those... Um defining scenes from a movie. So if oh, if they had yeah. a category on just scenes, you and I would finally agree. Let's well. <laughs> well, let's see how we disagree on best picture. We've got Black Panther. Uh first time I believe that a, a superhero movie has ever been nominated for best picture. We have Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. So are you asking what do you think or what do you want? Give me both. Who do you think should win? Which movie do you think should win? The thinking is, the thinking is Black Panther is going to sneak in there. The want is Bohemian Rhapsody, and you and I disagree on that. Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody better not win. Okay, then. No, it's a very good movie. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the movie. Is it, but... is it better than A Star is Born? No. It's not better than Roma. It, to me, it's between um, it's between Roma and A Star is Born, and I'm going to go with... I'm going to... You know, I'm going to give it to Roma. Well, you've been wrong before. Uh, I, was, I, I, was, I think I was wrong when I asked you to join me on the air today. <laughs> <laughs> So there's no chance for, like, Vice, Green Book, The Favorite. I know absolutely nothing about how they do this. 94.7 this morning, Sam, um, imagine this, chided me by saying that, that not a lot of British films win best Best Movie Oscar in America. And it doesn't happen very often. It's been ten years. Can you name the movie? Um, a British movie that won Best Picture, did you say? British movie that won ten years ago. Um, or, or ten ten theater seasons ago. Ten years ago, what won? What won? He said, Best Picture. Ten I, years ago already. I don't recall. What was it? King's Speech. Oh, that was a really good movie. Was it? Wasn't that like four minutes ago? Yeah, yeah. And you want to know? You want to know something else funny about the King's Speech? It was better than uh, Bohemian than Rhapsody. Speech? It was better than Bohemian Rhapsody. This is WIZM fourteen ten WIZM. What are the frequencies? We are at 1410 AM and 92.3 FM. Uh, Rick, if you want to get your button pushing finger ready, Keith Carr, thank you so much. I believe you and I will have some talking to do 
Monday morning. Didn't we already? Yeah, yeah. Well, I I can't wait to say I told you so. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Tom. Yep. See you later. We're going to be back on the Crosstalk PM, and we're going to talk with Jim Warzynski, a man who knows a lot about making it up on the spot and having fun with it and, surprisingly, how that can actually help you in real life. Uh, we'll talk improv when we come back on the Crosstalk PM. This is Lacrosse Talk PM on WIZM, News Talk 1410 AM and 92.3 FM. I'm Ken Cooper in with uh, Rick today. We've got um, uh, tomorrow the plant doctor is going to be here, and uh, it's good to know he knows about a lot more than just plants, so you can look forward to that uh, for your Friday night. But right now my uh, friend Jim Morzinski is here. Um, did I? Is it okay I let out your real name? It's, yeah, it's, your real yeah. name isn't Jim from SignPro. Well, I just... That's the, you know, more awesome name. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's the one he has tattooed somewhere on his body, but he's never (laughs) let us know where. Um, Well, you and I do improv together, and improv is where you basically go up on stage and you work with people that you trust. Uh, You play with people that you trust, and it's simplistic to say that you just make it up on the spot, but you kind of do. Yeah, that's that's exactly what you do. And it... it, um, what is something it can it can help you in in real life too, can it? Oh yeah, that that's one thing that I love about improvising is the skills that you grow uh when you're uh trusting your scene partner to uh um be there for you and you're being there for them um totally uh can have effect on the rest of your life. You need to be bold. You need to uh, just trust yourself. Stop uh, second-guessing yourself. And, you know, that can help a lot in real life with self-confidence, with just believing in yourself and realizing that that thing that you said that you thought was a horrible mistake is what made the scene one of the most awesome scenes you've been in. But the slap still hurt after I said it. The oh, yeah. slap I got in the face still <laughs> still hurt pretty bad. <laughs> And that made you tougher. One of the things, you know, one of the, everybody has heard the phrase, yes, and. That's the cardinal rule in improv. You roll with what you are given. Yes, and, yes, and. And I think that's really, to lead a yes, and kind of a life can really change things for a person. Yeah, especially. Um, Most people think they concentrate on the yes, but it's the and part. You're supposed to take whatever um, I give you, and make it better. And if you do that with life, if you say, this is what life is giving me, and I'm going to make it better, then guess what it's going to be? Better. better. Yeah. See, we work together. We have, we're we're, we're simpa- simpatico like that. <laughs> All right, Jim Morzinski, um, hopefully um, going to be doing some improv around town sometime soon, and uh, maybe you can, everybody can learn a little bit more about how to yes and in life. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you very much, Jim. I appreciate you being here. Thank you to Keith. Um, thank you to Matt Harder for being here. Oh, I love Matt Harder. He's cool guy. Yeah, we talked recycling. What a wide-ranging topic, a uh, bunch of conversations today. That's going to wrap things up for Lacrosse Talk PM on WIZM, 